Hello, LA Kings fans, and welcome to episode 57 of the Kings Den, as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 57. Again, in these trying times, weird times, stay safe out there. We hope you're staying safe at home, and we thank you for staying at home, doing your part too flat on the curve, and for checking out the Kings Den while you're sitting at home in these strange times. Episode 57 of the Kings Den. As always, before we get started, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Don't forget to follow the Kings Den on Twitter at the Kings Den THPN. Don't forget to follow me, your host, Jordy Cunningham, on Twitter at Cunningham Jordy. Don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet. Don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube for all of our video footage. We're working hard getting more video footage up on YouTube across the whole network. And don't forget to follow us on Patreon for just $1. You can find all our exclusive bonus content on Patreon. That includes, right for right now, Thursday episodes for podcasts that are still doing Thursday episodes because, as you guys know, we are down to one episode a week just on Mondays because of the whole COVID-19 situation going on. But some podcasts are still doing two episodes a week. The Thursday episodes are on patreon and also check out all our bonus content on patreon as well of podcasts around the whole network are doing bonus content where we did our episode one of something called after hours a few weeks ago that was a lot of fun it was just kind of a few of us around the network shooting the shit around one saturday night so definitely check that out as well episode 57 of the king's end thank you for joining us we're gonna get into something that we're doing here at the hockey podcast network right away but it's with our friends at Cool Hockey, so I might as well shout out our friends at Cool Hockey first. Since 1999, CoolHockey.com has been the number one online source for purchasing and customizing officially licensed NHL hockey jerseys in North America. Quality is just important to them as it is to you, and that's why they ensure that every product that leaves their doors is done to the exact specifications of the NHLPA. Cool Hockey stocks officially licensed NHL products from Adidas, Fanatics, Produce, or Reebok, and CCM, and hand stitch them in their 1,500-square-foot state-of-the-art protection facility in Toronto, Ontario, Canada to ensure the most authentic customization possible. Since they don't outsource jerseys for customization, customization like their competitors, they're able to deliver the best quality, pricing, and delivery time on all of their products. Cool Hockey staff live and breathe hockey, and it shows in their work. Find out why CoolHockey.com is the number one source for NHL hockey jerseys online. Cool Hockey is committed to providing every customer with a high-quality product that is hand-stitched by professionals. Since Cool Hockey does not outsource any jerseys for customization, that means their jerseys can be customized and shipped to you faster than their competitors. And Cool Hockey jerseys and customization is officially licensed by both the NHL and the NHLPA. They take pride in making you just look like the players on the ice. Check out our friends at www.coolhockey.com. And I wanted to start with that because our friends at Cool Hockey have started a brand new contest just for you, the fan. So listen to this. Check out our friends at Cool Hockey because jersey lovers have... Do you need an excuse to buy a jersey? You're in quarantine. You're collecting your two grand every two weeks from EI or whatever or the government, whatever it is, how you're getting your money. If you're not working, if you are, if you're a lucky one that is still working, you know, you don't need an excuse to buy another jersey, right? Would winning a cool hockey gift card be reason enough to buy another jersey for the next month, May 1st to June 1st? Any jersey purchased through the link, our our link, the Hockey Podcast Network link, will automatically get you entered to win a $175 gift card to cool hockey. All you have to do is go to www.coolhockey.com slash THPN. That is www.coolhockey.com slash THPN. Buy whatever jersey you want. 
tell us on Twitter. Tell the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter what you ordered it. Send a screenshot of the jersey. Send a picture of the jersey if you have it. Send us proof that you ordered a jersey through Cool Hockey using our promo code. And we will have a live draw on June 6th for who wins the gift card. So anybody that buys the jersey through our link, again, www.coolhockey.com slash THPN before June 1st, will have a shot at winning an $175 gift card to Cool Hockey. A huge shout out to our friends at Cool Hockey. And if we see 10 sold, 10 jerseys sold with our promo code by May 15th, we'll make it a $200 gift card. Make sure to use the promo code THPN for 30% off when you are making a purchase and one last time www.coolhockey.com slash thpn all you have to do is buy a jersey use an our promo code thpn and you're entered in a draw to win a 175 dollar gift card our friends at cool hockey they've been awesome all season long so definitely check them out get more money to buy more jerseys because what else do you have to do with your money or time right now right I mean, you're in quarantine. You want you want to buy stuff. You got bored. You want to buy things that make you feel good. Buy a jersey. But anyways, check out our newest contest with our friends at CoolHockey.com. Okay, finally, let's get into a little bit of King's Talk. We got a big episode. We got we just had a couple weeks ago, if you remember, we had Dylan Kieser of the Stick Hungry podcast here on the King's Den. He was he was great and. Of course, he's one of the co-creators with Isha of the Hockey Podcast Network. This week, we have his producer, Producer T, on. We d- we talked the other night, and we- the interview will be bo- will be here on the Kingston and on this week's episode of the Stick Hungry Podcast. It was nice to get, because I just talked with Dylan the first time, and they, of course, have Dylan, Producer T, and Kyle McLennan, former uh, San Jose Shark. It was nice to talk with someone else from the stick hungry podcast it was it was unfortunate that we that they couldn't get all together it's fine but producer t and i had a great conversation that will be played later in the episode but first we do have a little bit of king's news to get to that is fun to talk about last week we talked about team la what the government of uh not the government of california but what they're doing in la in association with the ann schwartz entertainment group the team la sale is still going on so if you just google a team la store you can go buy jerseys from a bunch jerseys and merchandise from a bunch of teams in la that pretty much all the teams in la plus merchandise from the grammys coachella and other um, various things around la at discounted rates and all the money goes to covid19 research it's a great cause there's a ton of cool stuff on there there's a bunch of Kings merchandise, obviously. There's a Colby merchandise, obviously. Rest in peace to him. There's a lot of, there's a lot of very cool merchandise from uh, all the LA teams on that Team LA store. So definitely check that out. And again, all the, all the proceeds go to COVID nineteen research. So hey, you want to buy a jersey off Cool Hockey for us, and then buy a, a jersey off Team LA as well, because all the proceeds go to COVID nineteen research. So definitely check that out as well. The Kings had have had Anze Kopitar on various news channels talking about it they have had luke robitaille on various news channels talking about it and they've had former broadcaster bob miller on news channels and calls this week talking about it so get the word out there all the money goes to covid19 research so hey you want a new kings jersey you want a new lakers jersey you want a new clippers jersey you want a new sparks jersey rain jersey whatever you want go go buy it from the team la store and all the money goes to covid19 research in california and now I've decided there was a I've decided that I want to try to highlight some of the players from 
over the course of the season from the Kings to see how, like, just to show, like, they had a good season, talk about them, kind of review their season a little bit. And the one I want to talk, I want to start with is Ajax Alafalo because he had a big year this year for the Kings, and there was a cool story that came out about him this week. So I, so we're going to talk about him this week. But before I get to that, I would like to talk about our friends at Puffy Mattresses. Rated right America's most comfortable mattress, Puffy provides the ultimate sleep to thousands of customers nationwide. The Puffy Mattress is an all-foam, all-foam mattress with a medium firmness level and outstanding pressure relief. Low-density memory foam makes for an exceptionally soft sleeping surface. Lightweight sleepers and side sleepers will appreciate the bed's creating support, which balances comfort with proper spinal alignment. Check out our friends at www.puffy.ca. Okay, I want to start... Ajax Alafalo. What a season he had for the LA Kings this year, of course, in the shortened season. We don't know what's going to happen, obviously. He had a career-high 17 goals and 43 points. And not only did he have a big year, he played on the first line most of the year with Brown and Kopitar. He, he His play improved on both sides of the puck. He had a great year. He was the Kings player of the month for four straight months. And you can see he's kind of had some fun with I guess quarantine as well you saw that you know, there was a video of like in the first week or two of quarantine that he used a drone to send toilet paper to Jeff Carter's house and he actually said about that he said recently about that we live a block apart in Los Angeles I, I owed him he's been so helpful teaching me how to how to be as consistent as possible every day if you feel good about your approach it tran- transitions into being a better person and a player so that just shows that Jeff Carter is such a leader on this team, along with Kopitar and Doughty and Brown, obviously. But players really look up to Jeff Carter, and Ajax Alafalo is one of them. And they he's really used him as a guide. And he's like, hey, uh, he's one of the leaders I've really looked up to him. But hey, let's send him some toilet paper for fun. So, of course, we talked about that earlier. That's always That was just funny to talk about. But on top of being such a leader on the ice this season, Ajax Alafalo, of course, with his career-high 43 points, he also joined the Canucks. Or the, the Canucks, Christ, the Kings uh, Care Foundation, and it was a big part in getting more involved in the community this season, and that was awesome for him to be a part of that, show more, just be a and he's quickly become a fan favorite with his improved play and with getting being a part of the community community more, and it's awesome to see. And another reason why I want to talk about Ajax Alafalo is he. He decided to do something. He decided to take advantage of his time, of course, carefully, of course, doing his social distance during the whole thing. But I think he's done something that he always has wanted to do. And that is after spending the first month, month and a bit, five, six weeks in L.A. during the quarantine, during the kind of lockdown, during the COVID-19 era, I guess you can call it that we're in. Towards the end of April, he decided I'm going to cross country road trip home in my jeep all the way to eden new york which is right by buffalo new york he decided i'm gonna cross country all the way back to buffalo new york 2500 miles of driving but he did it he's back at home in buffalo now he made a bunch of stops along the way obviously because you're not going to do that all in one trip he went with a tent his bike and a hot stove to make food he spent two nights in utah in the mountains just biking around of course he stayed away from people he social distanced he did stuff like that but yeah he spent two nights in utah he biked he tented he, so he's obviously doing stuff to stay in shape as well obviously social distancing from people he, he even met up at goaltender cal peterson's house in in waterloo iowa and slept in his driveway one, one night in his tent his tent i can't 
I can't show a photo obviously because it's a podcast but his tent kind of hooked up to the back of his jeep and he just slept in in cal peterson's driveway one night in iowa so that's pretty funny to think of cal peterson also said that if he was most likely to be quarantined with a play with a teammate it would be ixl follow so kind of some they they obviously have a good relationship as well i follow and peterson and of course we touched on it last week i follow made it all the way home to buffalo and he wants to keep being a part of the community so what is what is he doing he, his mom's a nurse he's delivering meals to his mom and her co-workers at the buffalo general hospital i believe one of them was chicken parm i read actually so pretty good meals for the for his mom and her co-workers at the buffalo general hospital but just i want to touch on ixl follow this episode he had a great season on the ice who knows if we're going to get hockey back or not but it's kind of cool to see that players are taking advantage and doing stuff that they can as well of course keeping social distance being careful during it because i bet you i don't know if i bet you some teams would be like wouldn't be very happy right now if their play if one of their players decided to travel across country but he did he did it safely obviously he stayed in shape as well by biking and stuff like that and he's doing he just had a great year and he's doing his part in the community and that's awesome to see from a king's point of view it's it's awesome and this is a player that's going to be around for a long time. I hope he's going to be around for a long time with the Kings because he's definitely one of the he's definitely a building block to the LA Kings' future success. And now let's get into our interview with Producer T. It was such a fun conversation. Everyone we talked to was so much fun. Producer T, he was awesome to talk to. We talked about it's another conversation about the Kings and the Sharks, but and comparing the two. But it is a different perspective from a different. Uh, person from the Sick Hungry podcast. So he has a couple different opinions about the San Jose Sharks and if they should go for it, if they should blow or if they should blow it up, how they're compared to the Kings right now because no one thought that the Sharks were going to be below the Kings when the season ended or when quarantine hit, I guess. So it was a great conversation. Now check check it out our interview with producer T here on the Kingston. All right. Well, we've got an awesome guest today. So uh, I'm producer T. I'm joined with Jordy Cunningham, host of the King's Den on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, so big part of the Hockey Podcast Network family. Jordy, how are you doing, man? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Try, just trying to keep sane, trying to survive in, in this uh, weird world we're living right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's strange times for sure. It was when it kind of first hit North America. That's when it was the strangest times I had my two week quarantine right away right when it happened but yeah i've been working since so like for the last like four or five weeks now so I, i've been working life has been pretty normal for me the only the only parallel i've kind of thought about lately is like there was kind of like that that persona like sometimes you see it like in movies and stuff like that where there's a character who just works eats sleeps and then does, does yeah. that every single day that's what life is right now like for totally. me because like sometimes because like when you have sports going on and such you can be like oh you go you go out you watch that you go you go play sports stuff like that but right now it's literally work eat sleep and that's it so it's kind of we're all yeah so it's like you're either at home you can't work you're out of work because of everything or you're doing that where you are working and it's just like the same day over and over again yeah exactly i'm in a lucky situation where i get to well i'm i get to work from home so yeah. I'm, I'm able to still stay, stay busy as well. But man, it, it's hard when you, when you've got like whole, like you work at home. Cause how can you, it's hard to separate it. Right. Yeah. But, but you know, I'm lucky. I know a lot of people don't, I, I, we're both lucky by the yeah. sounds of it. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't have uh, don't have a, 
much at all, right? So uh, that's crazy. Yeah. So I know that you're you're based in Canada as well. I, I don't yeah. you feel like we're kind of lucky up here. I feel like it, looking down at what's going on in the states, it, it's uh, kind of nuts. E- even even within Canada, I think yeah, we're the lucky totally. ones. Like if you like, I think we're ahead of the curve. We're flattening the curve more than any other one around any other one around Canada, let alone North America. Like you saw, I don't know if you saw the stats today, but we're down to, I think it's 24 people in ICU across the whole province and like seven and 79 people in hospital, like across the whole province. That's amazing. That's it is. the smallest numbers in a long time. So I think we're definitely in, in the best spot compared to everyone else. But yeah, some of the stuff is in the States is crazy. You see places now like Georgia and stuff trying to like, they're trying to force it. They're trying to, get i get that you want to get life back to normal i get that you want the economy back but it's just not the right time and i just saw a photo of like huntington beach in california was crazy today and i'm just like man like come on stay home we want to get rid of this we want it we want this gone i know i saw that it's kind of it is scary because when you think about what i'll move it over to hockey like if you think about how, how getting the season going again uh from from our stance maybe in bc it feels like it, it could be a little bit safer but then you hear about like like you said places like georgia that are opening up i mean it just causes so many issues in regards to keeping players safe i just don't know how the league w- is going to restart when there's so many different like like you said bc doing so well and then places in the states that are just just complete opposite I know when you think of like the logistics of it, like, of course we want sports back as soon as possible. But when you think of the logistics of it, like it's tough to think like you, you talk about hockey coming back, you talk about basketball coming back, you talk about baseball starting July one, but like, man, it's so tough to think about that happening. Like the sports that you can think about happening first, aren't going to be the major four, honestly. Like I could see like, there's talk about NASCAR back this month. There's talk about golf back this month. Well, no fans, obviously, but like you change it to, you keep it at groups of two or like in golf or like NASCAR, you're in your, you're in a car by yourself. You're just talking to someone on a microphone. Those are going to be sports that are back before hockey, before the main four. And as much as we want hockey back, we miss, we miss hockey. I think it's going to take longer despite everything that we're hearing. Totally. Because you've got everything from, so it's, with a sport like hockey and a lot of the major leagues, like you said, mm-hmm. it's not just players, right? It's, it's coaches, it's, it's uh, physios, it's, yeah, it's absolutely. everything, right? You know, it's even, it comes down to ball boys and soccer. Like it, 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 there's so many variables. And if just one of those people get, get it, I mean, are we back to square one where we're just going to abandon it again? So it, it's just, it's hard to see where it's going to go. And, and, for a team like the Kings where, you know, the draft pick is so important because you guys are pretty much in the middle of a rebuild. Mm-hmm. What do you, how do you think that effect's going to have on hockey co- going forward in the next year or so? It's, it's crazy. I don't know. Like the Kings are very fortunate right now because yeah, they're, they're like bottom of the league right now, but what they have one of the best prospect pools in the league. They've done an amazing job at that. And of course you want to keep building and it's tough with what's going to happen. Cause not even like, you don't know when the draft's going to be. And of course, you know, some of the big name players for like this year, but say we don't have hockey for another year. That could be another crop of players that are like draft eligible, I guess. I don't know how they would do it, but you can think about like, it's crazy how much you can build your team in the draft. But like, it's so weird to think about like, Oh, you could have almost two draft classes in one. I'd, I, it depends how they would go about it. But when you think about it, it's like there could be double the amount of players to choose from sort of thing like it's 
it's crazy to think of, but they've done a great job with the prospect pool that they have. It's an amazing prospect pool and it's just going to get deeper for sure. So, so that kind of turns me over to my next question, which was kind of pre pre pandemic, like, yeah. uh, you know, start of the season. Yeah. So last year you guys didn't do well, like, but it, it was no. almost expected. And then this year, how, what, what was the feel around the LA Kings, like fan base around the team at the start of the season? I know that towards the end, it was a little different, but like towards the start, what was the, what was the feel around? I I think there was a lot of, a lot of sting at the start of the year. And that came from what happened the year before. And the year before was tough because like, it's a team that's getting older. It's getting, I've said it a ton this year. They're at the in-between stage where you have the players that are older and you have the players that are too young. You don't really have the players in the middle. And I think they kind of had that last year, but also injuries were a huge thing last year. Like Jonathan Quick was hurt most of the year last year. Yeah. The, the numbers don't state it, but he had a much better year this year. Like if you actually watched him, he stole some games for the LA Kings this year or kept them in it at least. He had a much better year this year. But I think at the start of the year, there was some sting going into the season. But the fans can't, still came out each and every night tough really tough schedule this year as well i've talked about that at length on the king's den as well like strange schedule but i think there was a bit of like for the true fans there was a bit of like sting at the start of the season but you saw the optimism throughout the year and especially later in the year as of course they ended they had a seven game winning streak and then of course the pandemic hit yeah i mean the end of the season it was kind of crazy really because who'd have thought that you know, when everything hit, that the Sharks would be at the, at the bottom of the Pacific and yeah. uh, the Kings would actually be above us, right? You know, I was just of, talking with Dylan about this a couple if, weeks ago. If at the start of the year someone said that, uh, you'd, be, you'd be calling them crazy. Like, I, oh, well, I, I would, you, sure. know, I, you know. Oh, but, I, I would be too. I'll like, be on. I'll be honest. I'll take the bullet. <laughs> I'll take the bullet. I, me too. I thought we were going to be like bottom three of the league and then we're ahead of the Sharks. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and, and you guys actually, uh, towards the, the end, well, uh, towards the end yeah. of the suspension, at least, you guys were on a, a pretty good a pretty good run. And, man, I mean, it, it must have felt pretty good to actually st- start to get some wins and get, feel pretty good about the team again. It, oh, it was. It was a ton of fun, and it was great to see the fans kind of alive again in L.A. And it's part of, like, you see it everywhere we just saw it in vancouver the last year still seeing it the youth movement and they're starting to see the glimpse of that because last year the kings got like a touch of it they had a couple guys play like one or two games this year you saw it more you saw cal peterson come in and be the future goaltender for the kings going five and three in his in his stretch of games at the end of the season you saw gabe velarde put up i think it was seven points in 10 games you saw adrian kempe all season long there was a few guys you saw all all season long adrian kempe blake lazat who's gonna be the perfect grinder on a on a team like the kings for years to come and you saw uh you saw mikey anderson play a few games on the back end you saw a bunch of young guys coming up to start this youth movement and it was a ton of fun to see also a uh, great job at the deadline by Rob Blake and the Kings to bring in more prospects. And also something I'll attribute to the seven game winning streak is the schedule. Like I just talked about, because the schedule was absolutely ridiculous. H- head coach Todd McCollin talked about how ridiculous it was because I'd never seen anything like it before, but at the start of the season, they played a bunch of games on the road and then it added up to a stretch that they were just in mid 
uh, before Corona took over of 15 out of 16 games at Staples Center. And the one road game was in Vegas. I mean, that's not even a road trip. So, and this is a home team. They played much better at home than on the road this year. So that definitely factored into it as well. But it, first and foremost, it was the youth movement coming into the Kings. Yeah, so you speak about this youth movement and, and how the Kings are kind of in that place where they have a lot of good young players and, and that older core, but they're missing the middle pieces. Yeah. So I know that as a Sharks, as a Sharks, you know, the, the podcast, yeah. as a Sharks fan, I know that we've got, we, we don't have that youth movement right now. And yeah. you know, we've got goaltending issues. So, so we're, I think we're quite a few years away from, from contending again. As, as a Kings fan now, say this is, you know, year two of the rebuild, uh, year three of the rebuild, how long do you think that you're going to, before you're contending again? Do you think it's next year after this, or is it still a, still a bit away? No, it's still a bit away. And I attribute that to what we've been close to our whole lives as watching the Canucks yeah. the last few years. That's what I attribute it to. Seeing the youth movement that the Canucks have gone through over the last few years, it takes time, and it's going to mm-hmm. take time. But sometimes when you see a draft class like the Canucks had, like the, like the Kings have, it might get sped up a little. And you kind of see that in Vancouver because you, you think they thought it was going to be another year or two, but you see that they were fighting for the playoffs this year. I think it's still like at least two years for the Kings because you have to think like you still have your core like five of Quick, Doughty, Kopitar, Brown, and Carter. Brown and Carter, they only have a couple more years left. Yeah. But you still have Kopitar for... I think it's seven years and you still have Doughty for like eight years. So it's something that's like that could kind of screw up salary cap and other and things in the future. But that's a problem for the future when that happens, because those are still very lengthy contracts. So, so where do you think, you know, as a, the Sharks franchise hasn't, haven't really gone through a, a true rebuild. Yeah. Like, what do you have for some, maybe some tips for the Sharks fans to get through this? But also, not just for the fans, but, you know, you, you've kind of watched your, uh, your back office go through this rebuild, and it seems like they're doing a pretty good job. What do you think that the Sharks should be looking at? Should we be doing – because we've been talking about basically doing a full rebuild. There's some people that think we well, need to do a retool. What do you think? Well, before I answer that, I want to ask you, what do you think the Sharks, do, Sharks should do? Do you think that they're too old and they have to start trading pieces, or do you uh, think that they can go at it for one more year? I really, I really. Depending on when we get hockey back, obviously. Yeah, exactly. That's the well, that's the big if. But yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, our salary cap dictates that we should really try and do it for another year, just because we have so much money tied up, yeah. in, in big name pieces, and we went for Eric Carlson. Like we, it, it looks like it looked like the back office last year. We're ready to go for it, right? And mm-hmm. it, it kind of sucks to give up on that. But after coming through this year, you know, the, the young piece is not stepping up. The fact that we had to even pick up Marlowe, the back end, you know, Carlson not really performing. I mean, goaltending being an absolute joke, like mm-hmm. non-existent. I, 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 and I think Dylan will agree with me here. I think we need a complete rebuild. I don't think it's even worth going into next year with that. Let's try it again. Because I think it's going to be the exact same. But what the, on the other end of that though, so even if it is the exact same, at least we will have a lottery pick next year. Yeah. Right now ours is with Ottawa, right? So we're taking yeah. this. Shame. Like we're just we're like we're just benefiting them, which it yeah for that, sure that sucks, right? So, and, and you could see that the front office of the Sharks wanted to try to like retool, I guess, because they saw the writing on the wall for this season. But like, so you did a good job. You got 
a first round pick for Barkley Goudreau, but yet he's a good young player as well. Exactly. Like he, he, so like it didn't like, I was like, Oh shit. San Jose got a first round pick. And then I was like, Oh shit. They gave up Barkley Goudreau. Like he's pretty good. He could, like, be the center, he could have been the centerpiece of the rebuild. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. Like I thought I was like, you gave up a pretty good piece for a first round pick. Like it's kind of like six, one half dozen other in that case, but also like it's, it, it was, it's going to take time. That's well, the advice. It kind of well, it kind of suggests that the, that the front office kind of is expecting it to take some time. Sees the writing on the wall. Yeah, rather than keep Goodrow and, and think that maybe they're going to contend in two years' time and, and just take that yeah. number one and hope that they get an Elias uh, Pedersen yeah. like yeah. the Canucks did type yeah. of thing, right? Well, like you said. And a point I was making, I talked with Dylan about this. I just had Dylan from, of course, the uh, from your guys' show on a couple yeah. weeks ago, and I, the point I made to him was. And he agreed with me, I believe, if my memory serves me right, that I would have loved to see Jumbo Joe traded back to Boston at the deadline. And I thought that was going to happen. I don't know what you would have – you would have got, like, some sort of draft pick for him. That's probably it. But, like, that's something I would have I loved to have seen. And, like, it would have helped you guys. Well, it would have been sad, obviously, but it would have helped you guys at least for a little bit, like a one piece to the puzzle of the future. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Doug Wilson would have accepted an offer if if an offer mm-hmm. or an okay offer would have come through. To be honest, I, I don't think it was it was even a case of that we didn't trade Jumbo. I think it was that the the interest in Jumbo just wasn't as 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 expected for for Doug. I mean, I was more surprised that we actually traded Marlow. I, yeah. I expected I expected Jumbo to go before Marlow, and I thought like I I thought it was a perfect move for Boston, right? But obviously there was there was something there that, that that either Doug didn't like with the offer or Boston just didn't even come with an offer. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure, sure, but I uh, I mean it'll be interesting. It would kind of suck for J- this to be Jumbo's last year, though, right? I, I I talked with Dylan about that as well, and I talked with Isha about it. I had him on recently as well, yeah. and we were talking about like because I made the point to Isha like, man, like I, I'm a big baseball guy, so I compare it to baseball as yeah. well. But like we're missing right now, we're missing the greatest maybe the greatest the greatest baseball player we've ever seen mike trout in his prime and like he's put up ridiculous numbers his whole career and now he's like 27 in his prime and we're missing that and isha said to me like but what about the, reti- or the retired guys the guys that are on the borderline like joe thornton like nico Kuiper? and it makes you think like oh shit that's so sad like yeah. guys wanted to end their career and then you got to think about it basketball wise as well like vince carter this was going to be his last year now it's ended like this like that sucks for those guys I really, I really think if if this season's suspended, I don't think there's any way Thornton doesn't come back next year. I, I really don't yeah. think he'll even. I think he has to do a farewell tour one way or another. Yeah. Because he's just he's worked too hard, like for the franchise, for the league. Yeah, I, for sure. I think the fans love him too much for it, for him to to go away. Like, and, and I think it would be across the league as well. I think he's one of those guys. Yeah. That for sure. has earned the respect of every single fan and every yeah. single team. Absolutely. You know, it, it, for it's sure. Kind of crazy. For sure, I completely, I completely agree with that. And then a, a question I have for you, because this was a struggle of a season for the San Jose Sharks. Let's not lie here. It was. What do you think was the missing piece for the Sharks this season? I know Carlson struggled. I know a bunch of guys struggled. Was it Joel Pavelski leaving, having no room for him? Was, like, what was the missing piece? I know the goaltending sucked, but what yeah. was, like, I, the way when you look at it more and more, the Sharks team, like, Pavelski leaving like is a bigger piece than we thought. Of course, he was always big, but like, what do you think the biggest piece was to the Sharks struggling well, this season? Well, I actually, I, I've been trying to, I've been trying to say it from early on. 
is that we never replaced uh, Pavelski's goal scoring, his leadership, his presence in the locker room. And that's one of those guys you can't really replace. Well, exactly. That is, that's yeah. true. But we, like, it, we didn't even try, it, it is in my opinion, right? Yeah. We, we let him go too easily. And then we didn't try hard enough to replace him. Even if, you know, even if he is an irreplaceable guy, we didn't try hard enough to replace him in the first place. I mean, it, it's hard to look past the goaltending for me because I really just don't like Martin Jones. But, <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, I think... It's it's hard though because it's easy to say that we were missing goal scoring and that we were missing Joe Pavelski, but it was actually our DN uh, that that really struggled this year. Mm-hmm. You know, so many games we lost, uh, you know, two one or or we were up three one going into the third and then and then we lose it four three somehow. Like it, it's so many times I felt so I felt that- like it was maybe even that we're too offensive on the D and we just need a good core like D man. I think that's maybe where we're missing it. Yeah, the I'll, I'll I'll compare that to the Kings, but like for a different reason, obviously. Like we just we in the third period we struggled, and like you can say it was the defense, but also because the defense did struggle. Like of like sometimes they had their stretches where they were good, but in the third period they struggled. And a lot of times, like I'll say this to the to like to the end of time for this season, like the Kings, like the yeah they were supposed to be bad. I won't lie, that's what everyone said, but the amount of bad bounces they had was were just ridiculous. Ever like off a skating in, off quick and in, like quick can't find it and it goes in. Like just the amount of bad bounces. And that's just, that happens. That's just hockey. No, totally. And, and it happens, it works the other way, right? Like we talk yeah. about the Canucks and, and how their real bi- rebuild has been going through. And they've had some like lucky bounces. Like no one expected yeah, sure. Elias Pettersson to be the, the player he is. And he's, yeah. you know, he's a beast. You know, they've had some this year. They've had some some good bounces, and and you know, last year it worked the opposite, where they had some yeah. real bad bounces. So, you really need the puck to be going and, your way, and and it's a huge factor. And with the Canucks, it's injuries as well, right? Totally. Like huge. they had, like they've been a team that's had injury after injury, year after year, and they had yeah. like none this year. So, like yeah. every season, you have to have some luck in it as mm-hmm. well. And the Kings were kind of the only way. The Kings really got bit by injury this season is Alec Martinez was out for, I think it was six weeks. And I, w- I argue like we could have got more than two second rounders or whatever it was, I think, or a second and a third for Alec Martinez. I think we could have got more. Maybe the injury didn't help that a little bit, but that's just an argument from a Kings perspective. Yeah, it kind of sucks for us that we can't even really blame injuries. I mean, I'm yeah. sure Eric Carson kind of went down for a little bit, but I mean, we weren't playing well before with him in the lineup. We we just kept playing. It didn't. We just kept losing. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys are in the the sharks are in like the real kind of shitty spot yeah. right now. The kind of like just start of the rebuild. It sucks when you realize yeah. that. It's kind of like it reminds me of when, uh, twenty fourteen when the Kings went on to win the cup. Yeah. Like the first round series with the Canucks. It's like that's when the Canucks kind of realized like, oh shit, like this is over. Like yeah. we gotta start doing this and that's that's kind of where the sharks are right now i I won't lie like they might have one more year one more chance but like it's going to be difficult it's going to be difficult and i I, like i said i don't even think it's worth even going for it i think they should just try and try and And, do the whole rebuild now but and what what you asked a few minutes ago because i I interrupted and asked you a question sharks fans just be patient it sucks but i i love what the 76ers said the last few years trust the process you have 
to trust the process. It sucks. It's going to take a long time. I know you, I know like the first rounder to San, to Ottawa, that hurts right now. I know that, but trust the process and it will get better. It's going to hurt. You're going to have to trade people that, that you thought were going to be sharks for life, but it's going to hurt, but it will be, it will be okay in the long run. There you have it, folks. Jordy Cunningham. Trust the process. Yeah, trust the, trust the process. Absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Because honestly, that I guess that's all you can really do, especially you know. And Doug Wilson hasn't really done that much wrong over his career as, as a GM. So, so hopefully he'll be able to lead us in the right way through this, right? Yeah, for sure. And I thought from a Kings perspective as well, it was really interesting to go get a coach like head coach Tom McClellan for like he's always been a winner. Like he won in San Jose. He didn't win a cup, but like they, they had great teams when he was a coach there and he went to Edmonton and things didn't work out. And it was kind of strange to be like, Oh, uh, Todd McCollin for a team that's rebuilding. Like I never would have thought of that, but he's been the right coach for this team for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that'll be a big thing for the Sharks too, is I, I know, I don't think that, uh, Bugner is, is going to be the, the, the coach that leads us through this rebuild. I think there will be a coaching change. Yeah. If, if not this, this off season, or I think depending with, with everything that goes on. I don't <laughs> yeah. What off season? Exactly. So yeah. I think next year, at least I don't think he's going to be the long-term solution. And I think everyone's kind of right. knows that, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, we, we've just got to be patient. Like you said, trust yeah. the process, right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. And okay. If hockey comes back, do you think they should go right to playoffs or do you think that they should finish the regular season? I think they'd have to go straight to playoffs without it. Yeah. Otherwise it's going to take too long and, and then it's going to bump next season back. And, and then sure. the, the domino effect on that is just too much. I think what I, they'll, they'll have yeah. to try and like do it, but points per game. I don't know. So whatever they'll yeah. have to decide on that and then just go straight into a playoff. Yeah. And, oh, this is a point I meant to make earlier when I first talked about coronavirus. Like, of course we want sports back. We all want sports back. But at the same time, like, we want to be cautious. And everyone, like, experts say, like, it's going to go down during the summer and then it's going to ramp up again during the fall. Why don't we just not do that? Why don't we, like, do everything we can so it doesn't ramp up again in the fall? Like, I know know the world doesn't work like that. I know because, like, revenue and the economy and stuff like that. But, man, like, and we want sports back, obviously. But, man, like, that sucks. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's scary because like a part of you so is scary. like a, a part of you is like you don't want to go anywhere. You just want to stay home and keep everybody safe. Yeah, and then a part of you is like, oh my god, I can't stay home for any. Yeah, longer. you have like, the I, gene in you that like I gotta go outside. Totally, I gotta go do something. Right, totally. Yeah. But I, I think I, I kind of agree with you. I think everyone should just buckle down. Like we should just try to ride it out as long as we can. Like I, absolutely. I think that with generations of people have gone through worse to get through oh, things. You know, absolutely. So, people had to go to war when they were sixteen. Yeah, we're gonna exactly. told to stay home. So I think Christ. I think that maybe if if we can ride the wave out, then then yeah, I agree. I think we should try and buckle down. But like you said. It's they, they, and like we, we all want sports back, but and we don't get paid to make those decisions, unfortunately. Yeah, right? That's no, why we're we don't. the scrubs here talking here on this <laughs> Friday night, uh, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and not only do I miss watching sports, I miss I miss playing sports. Yeah. Holy Christ, I miss yeah. it a lot. Man, I've been yeah. playing more sports this this uh, this quarantine than I ever well, I have in a while. I got the basketball hoop out again. Yeah, got the well, softball like, going. Like. Like I said, I'm a baseball guy, and I was starting to coach this year. Right. I was looking forward to coaching, going on coaching trips. But, like, also, like, off off sports again for a second. I was supposed to be on Australia right now. 
Uh, like that sucks. That but sucks. it's but again, it is what it is at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the thing. I, I we have like a vacation plan to go to Europe in summer. I think that's a write off at this point. Oh, absolutely. I yeah, mean, so it it, yeah. I, but you know, there's so many people that are that are going through harder times than we are. Oh right yeah, now, absolutely. So. Yeah, we're, yeah. Perspective, we're saying right? this. Well, we're saying this, and we can complain, but it's all in perspective. Like there are totally. people going through much worse than us. Yeah, they're they totally are, and, and you know, so. We're lucky, yeah. we, and we live in a beautiful place. We live in British Columbia, oh, you know. So, yeah, the best. Uh, yeah, we're so, so lucky to live in the best place. We just gotta keep being thankful, and uh, hopefully, everyone can just stay safe, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. Stay home, do what you can. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jordy, I think that's all uh, the questions I actually have for you. Do you have anything for for me before we uh, wrap it up here? I think we covered it all with the Sharks. Like, there's a lot of comparables between yeah. the two teams totally. right now. I, actually, I will talk about one thing quickly. It just came to mind. There was a great article th- during the season, I believe in January, about the state of hockey in California. And I just got to say, like, how great the state of hockey in Cal- how great, like, hockey's risen so much in California. And it's so awesome to see that between the Kings, the Sharks, the Ducks, and the of various minor like AHL teams across California. It's awesome to see the growth in California because all the numbers for like in youth hockey and such have grown. It said in the article, and it's just awesome to see. So shout out hockey growth in California. Dude, I, I completely agree. I, I think we're so lucky, even just like with our online presence with the Stick Hungry Pod. Like, oh, yeah. we have so much interaction because there's so many fans that are actually like diehard Sharks fans. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's we're we're like one of the luckiest podcasts. Just like you wouldn't yeah. think, though, right? You think that you know it'd be the the Canadians, it'd be these yeah, established sure. teams, but yeah. it's actually these smaller cliche markets that are just growing. They're surging. Yeah. For people, sure. people want it, right? People want to watch hockey. I, I love it. I'm, I agree. Shout out to the California yeah. fan base. Yeah, right? absolutely. That's all I got. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun that hockey is growing in California. Totally. I especially, love it. For, especially to see, for us to see that as Canadians. To see exactly. And, yeah. uh, and it's just one more excuse to take a road trip down to Cali and, and visit that beautiful oh, uh, sun, sun when all this is over. Uh, I drove down there last summer and it's it's amazing it's a great yeah, drive I, i've done the drive a, a couple of times i haven't watched i haven't been fortunate enough to actually watch a, a sharks game in, i i haven't either i went during the summer yeah so. yeah same exactly so yeah, uh, yeah. We're, i'm gonna have to try and plan a road trip down there in, in absolutely the absolutely right. for sure all right jordy well thank you for joining me i don't know if you want to throw out your uh your hashtag or whatever your twitter of, tag of course for the King's Den, check it out on Twitter at the King's Den THPN. Follow my personal Twitter at Cunningham Jordy. And that's it. There check, you go, out, check out the new episode on Monday. Awesome. Make sure to give Jordy a follow, folks. And thank you again, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for joining the King's Den at the same time. No problem. See you <laughs> next time. My thanks to producer T of the Sick Hungry Podcast for joining us here on the King's Den. It was such a fun conversation. I remember it was, it's just so much fun to have him on and get more perspective on the San Jose Sharks during this quarantine and the comparison between the Sharks and the Kings. It's an interesting comparison and it's fun to talk about. They're in a tough spot, the Sharks. I won't lie. Meanwhile, the Kings, they're in a great spot. We've talked about it at length with the prospect pool and such. They are in a great, a great, just a great position for the future when, when we get hockey back, whenever that is. 
This has been episode 57 of The King's Den. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The King's Den THPN, at Jordy Cunningham, at The Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to check out The Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube for all of our video footage and on Patreon for just $1. You can find all our exclusive bonus content. And but I know you're here listening to The King's Den. Don't forget to listen to all the podcasts across our great network. Don't forget to... all. All the podcasts for every other team. Don't forget to listen to that. Don't forget to check out Tales with TR. Don't forget to check out the House of Hockey Girls. Don't forget to check out all of our great podcasts, the Ice Analytics, don't, and our newest one, Hockey to Heroin. It's a it's an amazing podcast. Check that out as well. A great podcast with some amazing guests already. So definitely check that out as well. And always, not just with the Kingston, but with every podcast around the Hockey Podcast Network. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and and review and share obviously share it with your friends thank you for joining us for episode 57 of the king's den as always stay safe out there social distance do what you can don't be like those i know i'm gonna rag on la for a second not on la but on california for a second because california has been doing so well with flat on the curve but don't be like those idiots at huntington beach the other day that's not how the curve's gonna get flat and that's how it's just gonna get worse so definitely do your part stay safe social distance stay at home if you can thank you to all the service workers in the hospitals get in the shelves filled at the grocery store thank you to all of you for putting in your hard work as we're through this tough time again thank you for listening to episode 57 of the case and we will check you next monday for episode 58 stay safe stay hot